Hi, I'm Kara. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, where together we learn how to embrace imperfection and the messes that life leaves behind and overcome our shortcomings. Together, we will begin to not only see, but to feel who we truly are and who God created us to be. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Today I Am Enough podcast. I'm so thrilled to have Michelle from Build Family Connection here with us today. She is amazing. We've known each other for years and I'm excited to finally have you on the podcast. We tried a few years ago and it just, the timing wasn't right. So it's so fun to have you here today. Why don't you introduce yourself for us? Well, first of all, I'll say I'm really proud of us because it did take us a long time to connect. So I'm really glad to be here. Um, I am an outdoor loving girl who lives in Arizona and I love to create and I love to be involved in a messy style of creation. And that theme carries throughout most of what I do because for years I spent myself, I, for years I told myself I wasn't creative because I couldn't get things just right. And it wasn't until I learned to let the mess in that I found joy in that process. So that is something that I love. I am a mom of four kids. My oldest is 22. My youngest is 16. So we have no little people at our house anymore. And I actually have one who's living up in Utah and then the other three are here in Arizona. I've been married for 25 years and I am a parent and family life coach. So for the last really 10 years, I have been strengthening families and guiding them to build stronger and more solid family relationships within some of the hard things that families experience. I love that. That's so fun. I'm so excited to learn from you today and crazy that you don't have any little kids at your house anymore. Is that strange sometimes? It is awesome. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And that's how I feel. My youngest is nine. And I'm like, no, we're good. Like I don't need toddlers anymore. (laughs) What I love is when I, when my kids were younger, I was never a mom who like loved other people's babies, like wanted to hold them and squish them and just found they were so Mm -hmm. delicious. And now like my sister, I have a sister who's quite a bit younger than me and I just adore her littles. And it is so fun to have them in our life. So we get a little taste of that in the best possible way. It's almost like a backwards kind of grandparenting, right? Because I have even less responsibility than that. We just get to enjoy them. I love it. That's so fun. Uh, All right. So I'm so excited for you to share your story with us and to learn more about what you do and how you do it and how you help people. So why don't you jump into your story? Absolutely. It's interesting when I meet families an unfortunate assumption that is always made is that I'm standing in the role of a parent educator or a parent coach because I know, or because I have a perfect family or because we've got it all figured out. And no, no, not at all. That is not how, that's not how I got here, folks. I promise. And, and so our story really began, we had four kids, um, six and under. So you can imagine it was just a crazy busy life. And I was a pretty young mom And I had an idea of what I thought motherhood looked like. I had an idea of what I thought our home would look like and what it would feel like. The problem was, is it didn't. Um, Most of my reality did not match the the (laughs) picture in my head. And it was a lot harder. And I have four independent, delightful kids. And 
they're not really go with the flow individuals, you know, they're strong <laughs> and they're mighty. And we have one kiddo in particular who very young really stretched us and really challenged us. And his behaviors were amplified. Everything he did was bigger. Um, he was extremely impulsive and um, really challenged us as a family, not just as parents, but as a family. And I mean, to give you an idea as a little pre-K, I, I got a call from his teacher one day and she said, Michelle, I'm finally getting it. We had this conversation about rules today and he raised his hand so quick and said, the number one rule at my house is you don't jump from the top of the storage shed onto the trampoline. This is a little four and a half, five-year-old, right? And she's like, I get it. I get why you keep asking if he's doing okay in my classroom. And I'm like, yeah, because this is my life. My life was, I turned my head and he was on to the next biggest adventure. Some of which were safe, some that weren't. And so I understood my role at that time to be, my job was to control his behavior, was to get him in line right? And as his behaviors continued to amplify my efforts to fix him and to help him fall in line were, were even more intense. And unfortunately, I, you know, I attended parenting classes. I even worked with parent coach for a while um, to get some outside perspective and some tools. And the more I tried to fix him, the more our relationship struggled. The more I tried to fix him, the more we struggled, the more we, we fought. And he would, he would do things like if I would get frustrated or if I'd get mad or upset with him, he would just laugh in my face. That was his response. And so just picture that for a minute, right? You've got a little kid and a mad mom and he's just belly laughing. And I am just like getting more and more and more embroiled, right? I was so mad. And so I was watching my dreams of motherhood just kind of go down the drain. And my heart was broken. I had a kiddo, honestly, if you ask him, he hated me. And I didn't like him. I loved him. He was my kid, but I didn't like him. And we didn't know we were just stuck in this spiral. And I felt like I had failed him. I felt like I had failed my family. Nothing was going as planned and every tool, because, you know, some of the tools we'd tried, they would work, but they were short-term. And then we'd find ourselves back in the same spot, which was me ultimately crying in bed at the end of the night, feeling like a loser mother who yeah. really didn't want to be with her kid. And I felt like if, if he, if he was fixed, everything would be better. And then I would be a good mom. And so there was this underlying fear of not being enough. There was this underlying fear of not being able to do what all of my friends were clearly doing. Everybody clearly. around me was doing it. Clearly. Except, I mean, except <laughs> nobody ever feels that way, right? Like everyone right. can relate to how you feel. Because yeah. as mothers, it's always there at some point in our mothering, if not a little bit always, right? Right. And those, those feelings, they grew and they grew for me. And and it really was clear in my mind that everybody else had it all figured out. Cause I would even, I'd invite friends to attend parenting classes with me and they'd just be like, mm, I don't need that yet. My kids are just fine. I'm like, really? Fine art. I'm not what's wrong with this. And so I felt broken. I felt like there was really something wrong with us and I couldn't make this kid behave. I couldn't. 
And so I literally spent years in this, in this pattern. And it wasn't until one day I was in an appointment and I was visiting with a counselor and um, that I had gone to get for one of my kids and ended up going, oh yeah, I'm not okay, actually. I'm really not okay. I need some help. I'm drowning because I had reached a point where I was seeing, I was seeing this struggle and didn't know how to get out of it. And nothing I tried worked. And it was just clear that I couldn't, I couldn't fix it. And I was stuck. So I felt very hopeless in that space. So I was sitting there and crying and I realized that I was on the wrong path. And that was with some help. And that my job wasn't to fix this child. My job wasn't to make him fit whatever beautiful box I had created for him in my mind. And it was a pretty box, guys. It was a really pretty <laughs> box. Had a big bow, probably had a crisp white Sunday shirt or something really <laughs> absurd. Um, there were no chocolate stains, certainly no mud stains, um, but he didn't fit. And the more I tried to make him fit, the more we fell apart. And so once I began to understand that my job was to be a witness and my job was to learn to walk beside him and that it wasn't just him that needed to change. It was me. Like our whole family got to be a part of this learning journey. And when we began to approach things as a family, recognizing that each one of us had these weaknesses and these difficulties and each one of us was hurting and in pain because that was something that was completely new to me. I thought this kid was just trying to make my life miserable, honestly. And I didn't understand that he was hurting. Mm -hmm. And once I began to understand that his behaviors were trying to clue me in that he had a greater need, then we started to be able to hit things from different angles. My anger I mean, trust me, it was all still maddening, but my anger was different. It wasn't as intense because I could feel his pain. I could understand. It's just having that compassion, right? Yeah. Even though you're frustrated, you can have compassion for your, your son now because you understand there's more. It's not just him trying to be this annoying little kid. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's so true with anyone. When we find out Mm -hmm. the story behind what's happening or why they are or aren't acting a way that we want them to, we begin to have compassion because we understand the why. And when we understand the why of how someone acts, it completely changes our view. It really does. And we, I know when we talk about it, we kind of make it sound like that's an easy thing to do. And it's not, right? No, it's not at all. It's not at all. And learning to develop the skill of empathy as a parent was probably the hardest thing for me. It was the most difficult and the most life-changing. I Mm -hmm. failed over and over and over again. And every time I fail, I would want to curl up in that ball with all of those messages, all of those messages ringing in my head. You'll never get it right. You'll never be enough. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter how many times you try, you're always going to, to, be stuck here. And, and what, what I began to see as our family began to work together is that they progressed. We all, we all progressed. We were able to travel through hard times with tools and skills. And we had a framework that really acted as our guide and we were healing 
And it was beautiful because life was still really, really hard. And there were some dark moments, but we were traveling through the hard together and we had each other's back and we were able to lift each other up. Well, fast forward on that journey. And then I find myself in the counselor's office, again, realizing that everybody in my family was okay, not meaning that they didn't have their struggles. And I wasn't because now I could see this beautiful life around me and I could see all of these individuals growing in their strength, but I hadn't done my own healing work. And for the first time I let my guard down and I realized how painful those early years in our family had been and what I had developed. And I don't, I mean, I think that there'd always been a piece of this in me, but I was carrying so much anxiety in my soul. So much fear. Would I lose the goodness we had? Would I lose a child to their grand adventure and their courage? Like would somebody in my family die? Would I, would I mess things up and fracture a relationship? I just had so many fears that were functioning at a deep level. And and I felt my control start to show up really strong again, but in mm-hmm. subtle, tricky ways, because on the surface, now guys, you got to remember, I'm a parent coach. I guide families to do this. So on the surface, I'm like all about choices and all about giving control and mistakes and trying again. I mean, that is a core belief of mine, but deep under the surface, I was terrified that if I loosened my grip, it would all fall apart. And so I, that, so it led me to a new layer of learning and learning about how anxiety worked in my body, how it impacted my thought patterns, Mm -hmm. how it impacted my relationship with my children. And as my children grew and wanted to become even more independent and step into their strength, that was hard. That was painful. I'm feeling that a lot right now Yes, (laughs) with having older teenagers and I have anxiety and I know about that. And we've talked about it on the podcast. So it's sometimes I'm like, I don't think I can let you do that. That's really scary. Like what happens if you drown or what happens if this? And I just have to just be like, it's okay. It's okay. Like let them experience things because it's okay. Well, and that's a visual that I love. First of all, let me just back up. I think that is one of the best kept secrets about parenting is that you hit the teenage years and everybody's like, oh, the teenagers are so scary. I love the teenage years. I love teenagers. I adore them. I, I just, I think they're amazing, powerful creatures, but the secret is that it's going to rip your heart out. It's like, hard. <laughs> it's hard because it stretches you as a human being to, to really dig deep and let them step into their life. Yeah. Like with problems, with going and doing things, my oldest is in almost has his license and like letting them Mm -hmm. drive a car. I'm like, I don't know if I can let him go to the store. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, my last night, my almost 18 year old, he's like, Hey, work asked me if I, we live in Mesa, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. And he's like, yeah, I'm driving to California on Monday to, to do something for work. And I immediately felt everything in my body go, (laughs) what? No, no, you're not driving to California. What do you mean? And he's like, wait, what do you, why can't I, we've done this. And we, we walked through this and I had all my reasons why he couldn't. And he had all of his reasons why he was just fine. And, and we were able to find a middle ground, um, which was a beautiful thing, right? It Mm -hmm. didn't, we ended up, he was able to make some arrangements and, and 
the portion of the drive that he'll be doing felt safe to me. So we found, we found a meeting place, but I think how that relates to us as moms in being enough as women in being enough is that our children's choices are not a reflection of who we are as a mother, as who we are as an individual. That is so hard to separate for so many of us, but they make their own choices. We've taught them right? Like we have done mm-hmm. our best. I'm sure every single parent does their best. Yeah. And absolutely. Obviously you need to walk by them, guide them, mm-hmm. right. And help them, Yes, but you can't do for them anymore. You can't. Right. And the, the and visual that has, it's so hard. The visual that has helped me is I felt, you know, I think when you're, when you're functioning from a place of fear or control or any number of things, it almost feels like you're white knuckling it, right? Like you're holding on so tight just to hold the pieces of your life together or your pieces of your family together. And the visual that's really helped me is I don't have to let go because that is terrifying. You want Mm -hmm. me to let go? No, (laughs) sorry. I'm going to suffer here white knuckling it forever before I let go. Because do you know what will happen if I let go? (laughs) My brain knows what will happen if I let go. And it's, not a pretty picture. So when I allowed myself to just think of loosening my grip and, you know, even if there's a a line or a cord, something there, I can loosen my grip enough that I can feel it in my hand and it's gentle. It's not hurting. My muscles aren't aching and tired. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the guidance that you're talking about, right? Learning to navigate that. And for me, one of the greatest obstacles, and I think for many are the thoughts in our mind and the beliefs that are tied to those thoughts. And I think that's a great tool um, that works against families is believing a couple from a couple of different angles. Number one, if I loosen my grip, my child's going to go off rails. They're going to become a serial killer in prison by the time they're 21. Mind you, we're only sitting here like eating peas and carrots for the first time, right? But it, we just fast forward so far, or we get a, a bad score on a spelling test. And all of a sudden I'm like, my kid's in juvie right? And we laugh, but do you know what I mean? Tell me I'm not the only one. No, of course you're not the only one. (laughs) Yeah. And so we, we, we get our thoughts to kind of spiral us and and take us off course. And, and those are a powerful tool that works against families Mm -hmm. and, and connecting and identifying, because then instead of connecting with hearts, we're trying to function out of fear. Yep. And, and the same thing happens for us on an individual level. If my child makes this choice, then what that means about me is A, B, C, and D. And none of it's true. Yep. So learning to flip our thoughts, learning to, first of all, long before we flip them, learning that there are thoughts in our head that aren't true. Yeah. Recognizing those thoughts. Right. Everything that we experience is not true. Yeah. We make it up. We make, so we make up stories in our brain of, you know, like, oh, my kid's going to end up in juvie because X, Y, Z happened at school, which is literally a story we're making up and it's recognizing those stories and those thoughts that we're making up and really, yeah. And if I have any emotions about any decision my child makes, because there's like a flip side, right? I can learn then to manage my thoughts and navigate my thoughts and do all the work. And, yeah. and then I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm willing to walk along my side, child. I'm willing to walk alongside my child. I'm willing to coach them and, 
and mistakes are how we learn, right? You know, all the drill, it's all the, all the, I'm going to use air quotes, the good <laughs> things we're supposed to do. Right. But then the flip side to that is if I have any emotion about what happens in my life, then I'm doing it wrong or I'm bad or I'm broken because I shouldn't feel I should be okay with this plan. This is the plan. Uh, no, no, it's going to hurt. It's going to be a little bit scary. It's going to be bumpy and it's going to be a wild ride. And so I know in our family, as we learned to become aware of the thoughts that were in our head, become aware of the stories that we were creating in our relationships with one another, um, a tool that we use all the time. And that I, I teach many families is the story I'm telling myself is this, is that what you're meaning? What I'm hearing in this conversation is probably not what you're saying, but this is what I'm hearing. And then we fill in the blank. And that one thing has, has really transformed a lot of our, our communication. And it takes some vulnerability and -hmm. some safety. There's some, there's some safety boundaries that need to be set. And another element of that is when we're feeling big, we're learning and practicing to claim those a favorite phrase. I I usually go to mad. Some people go to sad. Some people go to mad. I go to mad. So if I'm feeling mad, I am. And and I have kids who will help me claim this, which is great. They'll be like, you okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Clearly I'm fine. (laughs) They're like, sure. You know, I'm not sure you're okay. Um, but is to say, Hey, I'm feeling really mad right now. Not sure it has anything to do with you or anybody else in this room, but I just want you to know I'm feeling it. So give me some space. And when we as family members have learned to say, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling mad, I'm feeling irritated, don't talk to me or come closer to me, whatever we need, um, that is another element that has really allowed us to connect. And with these older kids, because remember now I have older kids. We weren't, we, I didn't, we didn't know that when they were little, we're, we're practicing that now. What it's allowed us to do is have one another's back. Mm-hmm. And it's a really allowed us to strengthen each other when maybe we're feeling weak or maybe, you know, I have one kid who is brilliant, who will just say, mom, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And, and he's like, I don't think you're all right right now. I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, no, you're kind of really snappy and ornery and mad. What's going on? Now I don't have to give him the full explanation. His little yeah. brain doesn't need that, but it's an invitation to me that when we come together as a family and we're willing to acknowledge that we're all messy, we're all learning, we're all trying, and we can respect that learning process for one another. We really get to travel into deeper, more meaningful relationships. Yeah. And And I think a lot of it is that vulnerability, right? Yeah. You're willing to say how you're feeling. And as a parent, when you're willing to do that, it's easier for the kids to do that. And especially as you invite that and accept their feelings and their vulnerability as well. And I should say, just to be fair. Okay. I've got four kids, three boys and a girl. Uh, they all do that differently, right? I'm, I'm sharing the story oh, yeah. of the child who brilliantly does that. I've got another kid who will not do it in that way. Of course. Yeah. At all, or actually wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> he wants nothing to do it. He's a part of the journey, but he, it, that stuff is just like, yeah, whatever. I don't want to waste my, no, 
uh-uh. I don't want to talk feel with you. Right. But and I think my if you're opening that door. Too. Yeah. If you're opening that door for them, they know it's there, right? Yes. They know yes. that you will be accepting, even if it's not their favorite. Oh, I just, I think that's, what's the most important, right? It's like, as a parent, mm-hmm. we need to vocally forgive our kids when they, when they have, or apologize, not forgive. We need to vocally apologize for our kids. If we have yelled at them or done something and wronged them where we would want them to apologize to someone and open that door of like, I am willing to apologize also. And, you know, so when it's their turn to apologize, it makes it a little bit easier. Cause they're like, well, you never do that. Right. And so I think, you know, just being that example, the best that we can, cause again, like you said, it's going to be messy. It's never going to be like this picture perfect situation with all the people but we but want it to be so bad. We do. We do. We do. But it's when we can fun. accept that that's not what's going to happen, it's a little bit easier. And I would say for me as, as an individual, separate, I mean, I'll never be separate from my family, but as an individual, forgiving myself for the things that I've done wrong in the past, living and following a plan that maybe didn't serve our family the control piece. I guys, I did that game for a long time, but really coming to a place of understanding that it wasn't just my family that got to be messy and be imperfect, that it was me. And it wasn't just my family members that needed help. I needed help. Mm-hmm. And when I began to accept that, and that is, again, it's one of those things that we toss about lightly, but is a process and a journey And the more I've been able to adopt that into my heart, the more strength, confidence, freedom, and really fun that have, they've entered my life in a new way. I'm willing to try new things, you know, just, I've got some rock climbing gear coming in the mail this afternoon that I'm so excited about because my kids are kind of doing rock. We, we pick up random habits every summer and habits are just fun things. And rock climbing is the thing this summer at just at a gym near our home. And, and they invited me to come along and I was like, do I want to rock climb? No, I'm not sure I want to rock climb. But I thought, Oh, wait a minute. Do I want to be at the same place? My three kids are. Yeah, I do. So you know, I got my stuff and my gear and it's given me permission to try those things. Maybe I'll love it. I mean, I've done it before. I know I like it, but without feeling like I have to get it right, I can just try it. I can participate. I can create. And for me, I feel more alive when I can move without being afraid of getting it wrong. I love that. It changes everything when we can give ourselves permission to not be perfect. Yeah. And, and I, when I meet with moms, usually I meet with moms, sometimes dad, um, I hear the sentiment, the pain and the anguish over and over again of Michelle, I'm doing everything I can. Why isn't this working? And the hard truth is it is working. We're just so deep in it. We can't always see. And that's the, that's the really cool thing about what I get to do. What you get to do is when you're watching other people on their journey, you get to see progress that they might not even recognize. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, I love to tell parents, you are doing so much better than you think you are. I -hmm. wish you could see yourself from my perspective because you 
are enough. You are who your family needs and your family actually needs you in your weak spots. They need you in your failures. They need you in your bad moments. They need you in your honorary moments because if you can't show up in the world that way, then how in the world are they supposed to show up that way? And one thing they know for sure is they don't have it figured out. So we, by showing up imperfectly, give our people permission to show up and mess it up a little bit and learn along the way. That's a gift. Yeah. And being patient with them is they mess up and hope they'll be patient with us as we mess up. (laughs) Oh yeah. And that's the heart wrenching part, right? That's the heart wrenching part is that it's not like, oh yeah, I get this here. And it's so easy. It's like, I get this here and it's ripping my heart out here. And we're remembering this every day over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think, like you said, with those parents, it just, it takes time and it's really small and really simple steps that build up to something great. And sometimes it's so difficult to see that we've made any progress because the days are just so small. The steps are just so small The learning to change your mindset and learning to change how you think of things takes so much time. But sometimes when we step back, we like, okay, maybe I can see a little bit of that, that shift you know, just noticing the small shifts that are happening is what really can be helpful, but it's hard to see sometimes. Oh, so hard to see. I had my trying to remember my youngest daughter. I can't remember how old she was at the time. It was within the last few years. So she was like 13 or 14. And she said, mom, would you just tell your parents and just ask them to just keep showing up because they have got a kid who is counting on them. And I thought about that and I thought, you know what? It's so true. We, there's so much victory in simply showing up and not giving up. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you, I think if, if your listeners today remember nothing else, that is what I would want them to hear. That you showing up as you are, messy, imperfect, and wondering how in the world you're going to figure this out all you have to do because as long as we keep trying and keep turning our hearts to our families we're gonna get the answer the answers we need and the information we need to make it through I love that that was beautiful all right so do you have three takeaways for listeners today that they can do to help start building family connection number one we think we want control but what we need to remember is that influence will always be greater than control. And I could talk about that for hours, but that that's a separate topic, but influence is what we're after. We want our kids to care about what our perspective is. And that all happens because of the relationship. So number two, when you don't know what to do and you feel like you need to do something in your, in your parenting journey, or even with you as in your relationship with yourself, err on the side of the relationship. Look to make a connection and to soften your heart and see the good in that child. Always err on the side of the relationship. You'll figure out the garbage, I promise. You'll figure it out. But relationship first. Number three, keep trying. Just show up. Just you're going to be in it for a while. So just keep at it. And because it's messy, hard, painful, 
does not mean you're doing it wrong. Sorry, that's four, but I can't leave that out. Yeah, I I can't leave that out. If it's hard, messy, painful, you're doing it right. Please don't believe you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I think it's it's so important to remember all those. I love that last one though. Like, it's going to be messy, and I it's important to remember everyone else has mess too. And yeah, it's we just all don't like to show our mess, and that's that's okay too. Sometimes we need to be vulnerable, but, um, but I, we're not alone. We're not alone in the messy Mm -mm. at all. We think we are, but we're not, it feels really lonely, but it's, that's when you have to be vulnerable and reach out to other people and to know that you're not alone. So, yay! thank you so much. So how can my listeners find you? Where can they find you? The easiest place to find me is probably on the build family connection podcast. And that is on what do you call it? Apple podcast. Why do I always want to call it 10 things, right? Like iTunes. I feel like they change it all the time. Yeah. So iTunes, Apple podcasts, and Spotify and um, Google podcasts. So I, that's probably the easiest way I'm on Instagram, build family connection. And I'd love to connect with your listeners there. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much, Michelle. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're willing to help me out and you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leaving a review is actually extremely helpful as well and allows other people to find the podcast. So if you are enjoying listening, please leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, today you are enough.